boys and girls. Don't say that, bro. Okie dokie. <laughs> live with Arno. <laughs> we are live. Uh, are we live? Yes. <laughs> are we not live with Arno? <laughs> When did this turn into a Wise Nuts with Arno show? Um, episode 40. <laughs> Apparently it always was. <laughs> episode 40. Was it 40? 40. It was 40. How do you know uh, all this information? You know this information like you as, track? As, as good as I do. All no, right, guys. I, I didn't keep track. There we go. Okay, we're good? We're live? Are we? Let's share it. Do you see it? <coughs> Do you see it? Are we good? Do I see who? Do Do you see see everything's okay? We're good? Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, there we go. Looks like... Oh. Does the family see it? <laughs> Yay! <laughs> we forgot we to connect the uh, charger. Hold on. Oh, God. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Hurry up before the battery dies and everything goes to hell. <laughs> we do have an audience today. We do. Something we're not used to. <laughs> Feels pretty cool. Maybe we should we should get an audience. What does everyone You know, maybe they'll make sound effects, you know, applause and all. We should charge for front row tickets. The Sanvelian family is here with us today. <laughs> so Alina's right next to me. This is our beautiful Alina who runs uh who actually is co who runs Fly as a what? What would you call it? Not like a not a co-host or anything. It would be the co-founder. That's what it would be. Partner in crime with my Part- mom. There you go. Partner <laughs> in crime. And then we have the heartbeat, <laughs> of course, co-founder, and we have the newest uh, member <laughs> who of, is the jo- of, of the clan, a fly as well, a fellow Caribbean, a fellow Caribbean who's who's joined, who's joined fly. <laughs> Happy Monday, guys. TGIM. Good morning. This this week, like you said, felt I'm like I, we hadn't seen you guys in a long time. I don't know what it was. We I felt like we I haven't seen you guys in forever. I'll tell you why. I think this week we weren't that active in texting each other. Yeah, our group text was literally dead. Yeah, yeah. I think we're you, all, what, I, I, you guys, I think everybody's man. in like holiday mode. Yeah. No, I actually miss you guys. I don't oh. know. About you. The love. We're gonna pause for a few minutes and we'll be right back. Hug each other out. <laughs> We're gonna have a moment of silence in the other room. <laughs> oh gosh, how are you, Alina? I'm great, thank you. Welcome back. Thank you so much. So glad to be here. Thank of, you for having me. Of course, of course. Uh, before we get into the, you know, what you guys have, what you guys did in Armenia, uh, Alina Samvelian is here with us. Um, she is Armand. Are we okay on the live? Hold on. No, I just turned it off. <laughs> okay, no, I just want to make sure. We're okay, good. okay. You're gonna check. No, it every, froze for a second. You're gonna That's check why. every 45 seconds. No, no, seconds. no. It, it froze for a second. It froze. Are we okay with the live? Your OCD is a little. No, I swear, it froze for a second. No, we're okay. We're okay. Uh, Alina Savelian is here with us, uh, co-founder of Fly Freedom Loving Youth. Uh, she was with us. When was it? I think it was in January. Jan- was it January? January. Oh yeah. It's been that long. Yeah. It's, it's been a while. I can't believe we've been around that long. <laughs> I swear. I said seriously, bro. I mean, it's been. <laughs> I thought we'd get kicked off after the Ford show. <laughs> you guys are doing something right. <laughs> well, we've we've committed enough to it. So yeah. I mean, uh, I think I think we're doing a good job at it. So there's no turning back at this. Point. At this point, there isn't. No. So I've uh, already resigned from my. CEO position, so this is all I got now, guys. This is all you have left, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Something to fall back on, definitely. <laughs> okay, before hold on, before we continue, are you are you guys you guys you guys <clears throat> could see us live, right? It's yes. not it's not delayed or anything. We're okay, okay. Because I gotta That's I don't fine. know I don't know why on my feet I feel like it's like it's delayed for some Just reason. Get rid of your feet. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine now. Okay, we're good. Uh, 
<clears throat> Anyways, so uh, Fly, I'll really quickly go over what Fly does when you guys were founded because obviously we have a lot of, of new followers mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of new listeners uh, <clears throat> who don't know about what you guys do. And then we'll jump into uh, what you guys did over the summer. Sure, of course. Um, so Freedom Loving Youth Fly is a nonprofit organization that was started by my mom, Caroline Kazun Samuelian, back in 2012. So it's about been seven years now. Oh, seven and, um, the mission of the charity is to help children living in severe measures of poverty. And we started with Syria when the war broke out and was worsening. And then we stepped into Armenia uh, about three or four years ago when the four-day war happened in Artsakh. Our main purpose is to aid children and families that live in the worst of the worst poverty. And um, as far as Syria goes, of, of course, because of the war, we weren't personally um, able to fly out there and help the kids. So we had our chapters do all of our projects till this day. We, we continue Syria, even though, thank God, the war is not as bad as it used to be. It's gotten better, even though every now and then we hear some kind of outbreak. Um, but Armenia, we personally fly out twice a year, once in the winter and once in the summer. Um, and we also have a team of volunteers out there that we work hand-in-hand to help families that live in metal containers and in orphanages. So those, those are our two specialties. So these are families that live in old, rotten metal containers that have no food, no bathrooms, no showers, very little clothing, no water. It's just horrific, horrific conditions, and we personally go out there. Um, there's no middleman. We do all the work ourselves, and um, we provide all of their basic necessities, from food to clothes, school supplies, hygiene products, household items. We start with basic necessities, and then we go forward to long-term, like providing housing, jobs. Basically, we're here to get them to stand back up on their feet again and to reshape their future and provide a new destiny for these kids so they don't continue in the same footsteps that their parents did. Now, when you say winter, you guys, when you were with us in January, you guys were setting up for summer, correct? Yes. So when I was on the show in, uh, in the winter, in January, February, we just got back from our winter mission. And now I'm, I'm back on here. Uh, we just got back from our summer mission. So I'll give you all the updates about that. Beautiful. Yeah. And then you guys are prepping to go back out there. January. Yeah. January. Yeah, so we're back prepping for our biggest event of the year, the gala on December 15th, which I'll tell everyone about. And then we fly back out the very next month, January. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. And some of the cities that you guys were helping in Armenia, it was Gyumri, Spitak, Fanadzor, and then... You got to help me out with this one again. Kotaiki Mars. Yeah, yeah. Mars. So, I don't know why. I'm like having, I'm having a problem saying it for some reason. What are you, Spanglish? <laughs> or English? Give it a, or give English. It a shot. Give it a shot. Kotaiki Mars. Yeah. Okay, I think Mars means Kavar something. Too, no? How about area? Area. There don't you guys go. Yeah. do Kavar as well? Yeah, actually, we're pretty much all over Armenia. These are just the cities that we helped this trip. Ah, but as far okay. as past trips, we've gone all over Armenia. Um, driven hours and hours all day to many families in many different regions, from cities to villages all over. But these are just the families from this past summer Mm -hmm. trip. Um, But, you know, we decided to concentrate more local because we're stationed out in Gyumri every single time we go. Um, So we're, I mean, wherever our families need help, we'll drive out and we'll help. And if if, while we're not there, our our team of volunteers is working day in and day out to get projects done, even when we're not there. But when we're there serving, because our time is so limited, we concentrate on Gyumri, Spidag, Manaz, or that main region. And you guys are a non-profit organization. Yes. Uh, uh, For our listeners, if you guys go back to our... uh our actual Facebook page, we have a post with Alina on there. We have a donation button there. You guys can actually donate to Fly directly. It's, again, it's a full, it's a nonprofit organization, and these people actually go out themselves. There is no middleman, like Alina said, um, and they take care of these families themselves. Um, and obviously, it just doesn't go to any family. Obviously, 
you guys do a lot of research before yes. actually helping we're people out. We're very, very strict in that aspect, yes, because unfortunately, of course, you know, um, Armenia has a lot of poverty, but of course, uh, there are families that are poor because of their own doing and because they don't want to help themselves and, and they don't want to try and fix their lives. And we're very, very strict when it comes to choosing the families. We have a thorough background check process. We have our team working and um, to make sure that the families that we pick are, le- are in legitimate need of aid because it's not fair for us to send aid to a family that um, is not in need of it and compared to other families that are in desperate need. So we're very strict in that aspect. And um, in terms of, let's say, if we walk into a house and we see willing and able people that can work be it man, woman, um, even like a um, teenager or anyone in the house that can work and they're not, um, we're very strict in that aspect because there's no reason that a family should should not go out there and, and you know, show their own efforts to work and uh, create a future for themselves. So, of course. Yeah. yeah. As, I mean, we remember from the last show, um, <coughs> the families that you guys actually go out and help, you screen them completely. You make sure there's obviously... No abuse in the family as far as with, you know, physical or alcohol right. or drug abuse. Of course. And you want to make sure they're ty- the type of people where, okay, you know what, here's, here's the aid, mm-hmm. but we need to make sure that you guys are actually willing and able to get back on your feet and continue to actually make your lives better. Yes, people that are willing and able to help themselves because no matter how much you do for someone, if they don't, if they don't have it made up in their mind that they're going to change their life, then no matter how much you provide for them, they'll still stay stuck in the same place. So we're, we're very, we, we focus a lot on that, that we tell every single family that we visit that, hey, we're here to give you a hand to stand back up. Are you ready? Are you going to help us help you? And not until we get that okay that we'll proceed. Because we provide a lot of aid to these families. It's not just a one-time thing. Besides the basic necessities, I mean, we're there um, throughout the entire process until they're ready to... I mean, the charity's name is called Fly for a Reason, until they're ready to fly on their own, you know? And, so. and you guys were there in the summer. What what month did you guys actually end up in Armenia? We were in, there in August. We were there in August. Oh, yeah, hot yeah, times. yeah. So we pick summer and winter on purpose. Um, I mean, we could go there when... The the weather is very pleasant, but we choose to go there the two most difficult times of the year because, you know, that expression, you really won't know what someone's going through until you put yourself in their shoes. So that's why we go there in the coldest month of the year, around January, February, and then in one of the warmest, which is uh, July, August, so we can feel on our own skin what it feels like to be in those temperatures because in a metal container, the living conditions in that container is even worse than it is outside because of the rotten metal, the humidity, everything in there is just horrific. So we're there to experience it so we can share it with the public too. And the metal container for a lot of you listening is basically the domic. Yeah. The knock domic. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. basically, it's, it's, there's no insulation. There's Shipping container. Basically what you see on ships and trains, the colorful ones, that's what they live in. And how is, how is it as far as in the summertime with the, Ooh, uh, it's like an oven when you're there in the, in the winter, it's like you're, you're in ice there. You see ice dripping from the ceilings. There's obviously no heating. Um, they can't afford firewood, firewood, so they burn anything and everything they can get their hands on, whether it's shoes, plastic bottles, trash, and clothes. you can only close to you can only imagine what it would smell like. It smells like, sorry to say, like dead human beings in that in that container. That's how bad it smells, and that harsh chemicals that they smell is horrible for their health. Of course, even for the children. And then in the summer, it's you can't breathe. There's no air in there to breathe. That's how warm it is. So. Where, who provided those containers to these families? Was it the government or so they purchased it? As far as we know, I mean, this the, more, the majority of the reason why thousands of families living in these containers to this day, especially in Gumudi, Gumudi has the highest poverty rate and has the highest number of families living in containers. I, I believe to this date it's 2,500. 
And uh, it's a result of the earthquake that happened 30 years ago, December 7, 1988. And there are a lot of families that received uh, new homes from the government, but a lot of families that were left out. So let's say, let's say um, if all of us are a family, we're like a family of 10. So let's say you got the home and moved out and we stayed out. We mm-hmm. stayed out and we don't have a home. So we're not going to get one. We're stuck in that container unless we work and we get ourselves a home. So majority of the reason why people are left in those containers are because they just got left without a home. Wow. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's horrible. I, I, I never knew that our people uh, suffered to, su- to such extreme uh, measures. I never knew it until I started being involved in this work and actually visited Armenia myself. I had heard about the poverty in Armenia. I think a lot of us have, but I never knew it was to that extent that we have children and families that are living hungry, that are living cold, that are living in such uh, inhumane conditions. Do you know the total number of families outside of Gyumri? That, you said Gyumri is about 2,500. Yeah, so what's the, the highest. total in Armenia? I have no yeah. idea. Yeah, I don't know. You yeah, think it would be maybe 25,000, 30,000? Or... Containers? No, um, families. Families number that... Number of families. Living in poverty? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a high number, definitely. I mean, uh, Armenia can be considered a third world country from how much you see, you know? I think it's it's Yerevan that you see where it's like all the glitz and glamour is there. It's like Europe. Touristy attractions, and then as soon as you drive a couple miles out of of, uh, Yerevan, it's kind of... Not what you well, not what you would expect. It's a whole other world. Yeah, actually, whenever we were there the first time when we were trying to get guidance of where we should go, um, someone directed us and said, you know, just... Get out of Yerevan, go as far from it as you can, and you'll discover a whole new world that you've never seen. And that's yeah. exactly what it was. Those containers were actually meant for 10 years. They have a lifespan of 10 years, mm-hmm. and now we're at 30 years. 30 years. Mm-hmm. So those things have holes, you have rats, you have mm-hmm. all types oh, yeah. of animals. All of those kids them. that live in those containers know what it's like to wake up to see a, a rat nibbling on their skin. Yeah. All of them know what that's like. And Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Babies all the way up to your age, they know what that's like. Yeah. Especially in Gyumri, like every single volunteer that we have in our team, they all know what it's like to live in a container because mm-hmm. everybody had to go through it. When, yeah. when the earthquake happened, they lost everything, you know? And unfortunately, it's something that can happen to anyone anywhere. It can happen to any one of us. I mean, Gyumri was a very well-off city. Um, it had the biggest factories, very educated people, very well-off. And then in a few seconds, talented. everyone lost everything. Some of the most talented Armenians yeah. come yeah. out of Gyumri. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of uh, writers... Scientists, actors, actors yeah, yeah. They all, a lot of them come out of Gyumri. Yeah. But, you know, the reason I ask about the number of families is because it, it just baffles me how, even let's say for, for argument's sake, if there's 30,000 families, right? And, for example, say if it takes $10,000 to place each family into a home, mm-hmm. that's only $300 million. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot of money for for a country like Armenia to, 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 to have this level of poverty. You could have poverty in the United States. You have 330 million people. You have 8 million cultures here, and you name it, it's here. So to have poverty in a country that's pretty much a melting pot is somewhat expected, whereas a country like Armenia, where it's, at least until recently, it was only Armenians, and we do have Armenian billionaires living in Armenia, all it would take is a couple of these guys to write a $50 million check and they could build a few cities where all these families can move into it. And we haven't done that in 30 years. That's what, that's what just amazes me. It's how corruption, buddy. I didn't want to say it, but you did. You it's take blame simple. for it now. I don't care. <laughs> you know what I always say? I say that you know these families, give them dry bread to eat every single day. That's okay. Let them have a room to sleep in. 
let them have a bathroom and a shower to use. That's something that I, my brain was never able to understand how a human being can live in those conditions that they can't bathe when they want. They can't have easy access to water. They can't sleep, you know, in peace, knowing that they won't be attacked by bugs or rats at night. It's just, you give them that one room and their lives will be made. And they don't yeah. even have that, unfortunately. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, we used to, we have family and uh, like third cousins in Artashat. Mm -hmm. And we used to visit there and they didn't have a normal toilet. It was a... Uh, Outhouse. A hole? Yeah, it was mm -hmm. a hole mm -hmm. covered with four wooden... Mm -hmm. uh, outside? Is that what it's called? Outhouse? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <coughs> and then I remember as a kid, my mom would always come with us because sh she would be afraid we don't fall into the hole. Mm -hmm. So... And it's unsafe. It, it, Did it and, happen? And s <laughs> <laughs> Only one time. <laughs> I hope it was ass first. <laughs> you didn't go face first. <laughs> Why did they come mentally challenged? <laughs> I went in net first. Oh shit! <laughs> no, but but it's. I remember going there, and I didn't understand why they had these types of toilets. Mm -hmm. And yet in Abovyan, we had you know normal <coughs> toilets, but because it was a village, mm -hmm. it was a village, and till today, some of the families still do, and um, with the help of. You know, the diaspora, some of them have been able to remodel or build a toilet mm -hmm. and a shower, but mm -hmm. a lot of them still don't have it. Even within those villages outside of even Gyumri and uh, Spitak and wherever else you guys go. You know, there are some cities that used to have uh, facilities that, like government facilities for people yeah. to go and bathe. And a lot of cities either got rid of them or they're in such horrific conditions that you can't even step foot in that place. And, you know, I wish there could be a way that, you know, our families can have access to using a clean bathroom to be able to bathe themselves because that already makes so much of a difference on their mental health and their well-being, you know, when you're able to be clean and yeah. have proper hygiene. Hygiene is a huge, huge problem in Armenia, unfortunately. I mean, what's, what's baffling to me is you have these telethons that ha happen every year and it's going to happen again on Thanksgiving this year. I mean, where's <laughs> that money going? Let's get the moment of silence. Right, Edgar, go ahead. Go ahead, Ed. Go ahead, Ed. That was your that, That's where it's going. That's where it is. Look, I, I'm, even if you look at some of the larger American organizations like the Red Crosses and you know the Make-A-Wishes and all these other organizations, they all have, I don't think 100% of the funds go to, because they, they still have operating costs and salaries and all that. So, to an extent, I understand that. But when it comes to these Armenian projects, that uh, maybe because I'm biased about it or I don't know what it is, but I expect us to be, you know, above the rest in terms of why. I don't think, like you said, the majority of the money just isn't going to where it's supposed to go. Whereas the reason why, you know, we trust Fly is because you see that you take time away from your life, your lives in Los Angeles, you and your mom. You fly out there, your own expense. You spend three three weeks over there, twice a year, and I'm not even counting the uh, countless hours your volunteers uh, dedicate in Armenia themselves. So mm -hmm. that I don't see with most other organizations. Yes, there are a few others as well who do, you know, they're work, dedicated. Yeah. yeah, but majority of them unfortunately don't. I don't even think it's documented the same way they do, <coughs> they document it. 
Transparency is definitely yeah. something that we've emphasized since the beginning. Yeah. And the reason we've done that, even though it takes a lot more time and effort to do all those posts and share, you know, all our footage with the public, we do it for a reason. And that's because, like Armand said, we know that many people have lost their faith in nonprofits um, and for just reasons, of course, because I don't think there's a single person, especially in our Armenian culture, that would not want to help their people if they knew that what they were donating was ending up where it needed to mm. go. I and that's why we were very concentrated on being transparent so people not only saw where their money was going but were able to live that joy with us along the process of you know changing all these lives so yeah, i mean believe it or not i mean i i follow and i like the fly page but i can't i can't i mean don't get this the wrong way i can't i can't look at some of the photos what what do you feel uh, i get pissed at the kids here who go you know what my mom didn't get me the BMW I wanted, mm. or when they, <laughs> they got me they got me a Toyota Corolla instead, like, and I just want to go work. yeah, and I just want to go kick them in the face. Yeah, these kids, uh, if you guys meet them one day, they will blow your mind at how mature, how intelligent, how resilient, how smart they are, how strong they are because they've seen no childhood. They mm. grew up for them. You know, they're accustomed to things like hunger. If there's food, they eat. If there's no food, they don't eat. It's that simple, you know, and that's something that they have to think about. Survival is what they've had to think about since they were born, you know, and that's what they're used to. And, and you know, they age because of that. They get so mature from, from such a young age because of their life circumstances. I've met eight, nine-year-olds that stay all day taking care of their baby brothers and sisters while their parents go out and work. And they raise them. They discipline them. It'll blow your mind. And, and of course, you can compare to kids living here in other places, but it's your life circumstance that shapes you, you know? Yeah, it's, it's just, it's mind-blowing. Can mean, you imagine our kids experiencing what we watch on those videos? Mm -hmm. I want my kids to actually go on one of these missions and actually see this. I think that's themselves. very important for our youth to do that. And How old are Sarah they, and Sasha? They're seven and eight. So, like, imagine if they had... Six a, and seven. Like, seven, imagine eight. they had, like, a three-year-old brother or sister. It would be like, okay, mom and dad are going to work. You have to change diapers, so, feed you them. You guys have to watch. Okay, Dude, Sarah, you have kids, to watch. My kids come up to me and say they're bored 90% of the time. Mm -hmm. They're hungry. I mean, the amount of food in that house and they're telling me they're hungry, it's just mind-boggling. It's two spectrums for me. Mm -hmm. So these are too spoiled. But yet, I'm, I don't even consider myself spoiling my kids. What I see out there is scary. Mm -hmm. But people, I feel like a lot of people just don't have a heart. That's what, that's what it has to get to when you see what we have. And those are the same people. Those are our people. Every Armenian to me is a brother and sister. I don't mm -hmm. care which of part of Armenia, what part of Iran, Iraq, where they come from. Each Armenian is a brother and a sister. Of that's course. it. Of course, and I think that's why it's so much harder to look at those photos and those videos. It's just, it's, you know it's your people. And you, you're like, oh man, it's, it's, an, it's an Armenian kid. And you're like, what can I do to help him? I mean, it's just, uh, it's tough. It's tough, especially when you have a, when you have a kid. Of course. Yeah. You're not the first, Arno. Many people have told me, how do you guys do this? I can't even watch the, the footage that you guys post. I don't know how you're out there doing this. I honestly don't know because imagine how much more difficult it is to see that live. But when you're there, I mean, you forget everything. I mean, you're carrying kids that haven't. And my mom and I, obviously, most of us, they, we care a lot about hygiene. Of course. But at that moment when you're carrying that kid that isn't, have, hasn't even showered in a month, I mean, you can't, you, you don't think of anything. You don't think of the odor. You don't think of anything besides giving that kid love. At that moment, the strength comes to you you know and uh it's extremely difficult many people think that you know it must be getting easier you guys go there twice a year 
that is very false. It only gets more difficult because the more that you go, the more families you meet, the more you ask yourself, like, when is this going to end? Well, look at it this way. The more the, I think you're saying this, it gets more difficult because you're maturing more and more. Mm-hmm. You're getting older. Mm-hmm. So you're logically, you're kind of like realizing you're like, oh, my God, you know, what is happening? I mean, I could just imagine what mom went through, mm-hmm. you know, having an actual having a child and then going overseas and seeing these, you know, Armenian kids. I mean, not that it's, it was difficult for you. It's not difficult for you, but I'm sure it was for mom. Seeing other Armenian kids, it was it was a lot more, you know, traumatic. I started this a lot younger, of course. I started this when How I was How old were you? Well, when Fly started, I was 18. I'm 24 now. Uh, but when I visited Armenia for the first time, I was 20 or 21. Um, and, you know, my mom had told me everything that she saw because she flew out there before I did for our first mission. And she told me everything, you know, vivid detail. I saw pictures and videos, but it was a drop in the ocean compared to when I actually went and saw it. That's why, you know, with you guys and with the public, no matter how much we explain and talk about it, you won't really know what it is until you go and you see it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. I mean, for me, it's, I personally wouldn't be able to do it. I, I, Everyone has my them. heart wouldn't be able to to take it. I, I think it. it's a matter of, uh, you know, when you go out there and you see the need, you find the strength in you. Mm-hmm. After it's 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 very difficult. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I haven't personally seen that. I've seen, unfortunately, you know, a lot of pediatric hospitals here, and uh, and that, in a sense, is kind of similar to where you see a five year old kid that's fighting for his or her life. Mm-hmm. And after some time, it's not that you get used to it, but you understand um, that this this child has somehow accepted and embraced the position there in life, the cards that they were dealt with, and it helps them mature faster. And you know there's not much you can do about it. You can't change. You're not God. You're not going to change the position of everybody in this uh, on earth. All you can do is give your part, mm-hmm. do your part, and then hopefully... Uh, everybody else, who, a certain number of people follow, and you make a difference. So, of course. But, but I think you'd be surprised. If you go out there, don't be surprised if you find the strength to actually you know, be able to pick up one of these kids and hold them. And Yeah. And, you know, in addition to what you said, Armand, I think a lot of people, you know, they think about the poverty that exists in the world, especially Armenia, and they think, like, <clears throat> like, who are you going to help to make a difference? Like, there's so much, you yeah. know, like, Vorun Bidhasni's kind of a thing, you know? And, you know, even if you're able to change one person's yeah. life, that goes a long way. And you don't need millions upon millions upon millions to change someone's life. No. And if every penny is used in, in the right way and goes where it needs to go, you'll be amazed at what miracles you can make. Because Fly, yeah, we've been around for seven years. Thank God we're so grateful for the support of our loving community and, um, you know, all of our friends and family and everyone that's joined us on this mission, including you and, and you and everyone that's here. Um, but we're not on some multi-million dollar budget. Right. You know, we just are very careful where everything goes. We don't have any uh, employee expense. Everyone's a volunteer. Mm-hmm. You know, everything that we get, be it for our galas, entertainment, everything that we normally other people would purchase, we try our best to get donated. So we're we're minimizing expense yeah. to the max. You know, that, that makes a difference. Now, recently you guys helped out a family get into a home. Yes. And this is, and they, they transferred over from an actual metal container mm-hmm. to an actual facility actual mm-hmm, home mm-hmm, now can you tell us more about course, that because course. that was something where i was actually able to watch that awesome. one because it was like okay <laughs> have yeah man it was well, like they all have happy i know endings, they do but... bro but it's just like it when you look especially when there's kids man yeah. it's just 
you look at it, it's like, he's not your kid, he's not your daughter, he's not your son, but you're like, what can I do to help this kid out, man? Especially when you see some of them, like, like the boys wearing girls' clothes or, like, whatever whatever was available for them to just fit in it. You're like, shit, man. And then you have... I see. I don't want to get. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna curse. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then you have these assholes who go and buy these high end clothes for their these freaking toddlers for the six month old. Yeah. Six months. Yeah, for like two months or two look, two minutes. Look, I I don't mind if people do that. You want to spend two hundred bucks on your infant? Fine. But the only reason I say fine is if you've done also your part in helping yes. families. You know, anything. It could, you want to buy a $5 million home, great. You can afford it, good for you. But what else are you doing? Mm-hmm. You want to wear a $20,000 watch, fine. You worked hard, do it. But before you do all that, I think you have to look at yourself in the mirror. And are you helping out the less fortunate first mm-hmm. before you do that? Because I believe in karma. You have to give back. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, your success is temporary. Just like when people say, well, I don't have money to save yet. That's okay. You're making money, right? You're living. So you don't, you don't make enough to save 20%. That's fine. Save 2%. Save 5%. Create the discipline of saving. Same thing with donating. You make, for example, average income in the U.S. is whatever, 37000 a year, 40000 a year. You don't have to donate 5000 a year. Mm. Donate $50. Donate $500. Mm. It's, and if so many people did that, 200, 300, 550. It adds up. It adds up to the 300 or half a, half a billion, for example, that Armenian needs in order to take all these families out of poverty. Of course. Yeah. Uh, because people, it's the same thing with everything, weight loss, diets. People think of the uh, big, big thing. Well, I need to lose 50 pounds. No, you don't. <laughs> lose a pound and Set then another step. one. And then so donate a dollar and then a five and then a ten. And, you know, it'll of add course, up. Of course. Of course yeah. If everyone did their part, of course, we would come a long way, definitely. See, I mean, you look at the telethons, you don't see people, when even it says anonymous donation, you don't see $1,000, no. $2,000. You see the $15, you see the $50, you see the $100. So it's not about, oh, you know what, I can't, I can't. No, everybody can. It's just a matter of, you know, if you'll do it or not. It's as simple as that. And there's no shame of how small the donation is. Of course I mean, not. Every dollar counts and will make a difference and it all adds up. Yeah. You know? I mean, look at it this way. In a, I mean, I hate, I hate saying it. In Armenia, which is considered a third world country, $100 goes a, a, a long, 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 long way. For our families, $100 is enough to feed them for a whole month. Yeah. So. Mind you, people, this isn't going to Yerevan. This yeah. is going to people who, who don't have anything. Mm-hmm. It's not, they're not sitting at cafes and eating Chorovats. They're, they yeah. don't know what, what yeah. that's like. Yeah, yeah. And no idea. A lot, some of the, not some, I would say probably majorities of these families have probably never even been to Yerevan. Yeah, most oh, really? they, they can't afford the yeah. means for transportation. It, yeah. I remember even when we were living in Armenia, there were a lot of families from, yeah. let's say, the Artashats or wherever that had never been to Yerevan and they'd been living there for two, three generations because it was a, whatever, 20 kilometer ride and it would cost a certain amount for gas. They just w- would never go. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if you're looking at families that, you know, they hardly have any food to bring to the table. You have kids that don't even know what a ball is, that have dreamt of having a ball. They don't know what ice cream or sweets are. It's, I mean, that those stuff pale in comparison, obviously. And uh, to 
answer your question about what you asked about the family <laughs> that we moved out. Yes, so, yes, go back to that. No worries. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, I'm going to give you a general scope. A no bit. worries. I'm going to give you a general scope of the main things that happened this past mission, and then I'll end it with the uh, moving out of the families yes. because that was the biggest part uh, of our mission, the best highlight of it. So um, this trip in August, our summer mission, we helped 12 families that lived in the cities that you mentioned, Gyumri, Spitak, Vanadzor, and Godaiki, Mars. So typically how we help our families... We provide their basic necessities. So a large food supply, uh, new clothes, new shoes, hygiene products, household items, toys, all those things we provide. So first, uh, to find these families, for anyone that uh, is wondering how we find these families, a lot of these families write to us and apply um, online. And a lot of the families we find via churches, via organizations, via centers, social centers, that they have their own list of people, of families that they have already interviewed and have already guaranteed that they are in need of the help. So it's kind of making our job easier that we already have a guarantee of people that, that know which families are in need of help. Um, so that's how we choose our families. And typically it's a two-step process. First we go and we interview them, find out what it is that they need and make sure that they're in need of legitimate help. And then we go back a second time with all the items purchased and we deliver. So we did that for 12 families this time. The second thing that we did is this was uh, the newest thing that we did. I think you guys saw we had a two-day seminar for our single moms. This was the first time that we had this. And the main purpose of it was to be an empowerment seminar and a place where we can teach them to put their past behind because a lot of these mothers are conditioned to have many limiting and false beliefs. So Many of these single moms have been abandoned by their husbands that fled to Russia or other countries to work and never looked back at their face again and never sent them any help again. And they're young moms, like my age. And they were left with their children in depression, lost, confused, and suicidal practically, not knowing what to do. Now, a lot of these moms, unfortunately, it comes from culture. It comes from where they live. They, they have these limiting beliefs that, you know, um, I'm going to depend on my kid and my kid. I'm going to make something of my kid and they're going to grow up and be a big person and things are going to get better. But we taught them that, hey, you need to set an example for your kid. You need to get up. You need to work. You need to do everything you can to be the best parent that you can so they can, you know, um, mimic your example, basically. And many of these mothers are very smart, have a lot of passions that they weren't able to pursue, very talented, but they just never had an avenue to pursue those passions. So the purpose of that seminar, besides to motivate them and put their past behind, was to discover what are they passionate about? What can we help them do? Because you'll find a lot of single moms that work, but most of them, they have jobs like being a, a cleaner, cleaning the streets. And you know what? Like they say, meaning no matter what job it is, as long as you're working to bring food up to the table, respect to you. But obviously our job, our purpose is to see our mothers progress, to see them have a bright future, not just to stay in that level of cleaning. We want to see them make the best out of themselves. Um, so it was wonderful the first time that we did this and the moms were really moved, touched and inspired and we found out a lot of things that they're passionate about and our team is following up by helping provide them the training and the resources and the classes they need to pursue their uh, passions. So for example, uh, cosmetology is a big one. They want to be hairdressers or makeup artists or tailors or whatever field they want to go into, we're now helping them pursue that. Okay, that was the second biggest thing. And then, um, so I mentioned last time, every trip that we go, we take our kids out for for a fun day, for a fun trip. And the reason that we do this is because, like I said, these kids don't know what it's like to just be a kid and have fun. Um, so we take them all kinds of fun places. This time we took them to a new place in Gyumri, uh, which I was impressed. I've never even seen dolphins a day in my life. It was called Delfinarium, where you take them and there's um, professional trainers from Russia with dolphins and they do a whole show. The kids were super, super happy. We fed them afterwards um, and it was a wonderful day. So that's always something we incorporate in our um, projects to have a happy day for them. It's just a chance for them to forget about you know, what they have to deal with and just be happy. 
And last but not least, uh, so the moving out process. So let me explain how this was. So this was the biggest highlight of our trip. So Typically, we've moved out families in the past. These are families that we've monitored for a long period of time. We've seen them progress. We've seen them, you know, show their own efforts to stand up and use our aid to uh, move forward. And two of these families, one of them was in the Maisyan village, the Matosyan family, and the other one was in Marduni, the Mahoyan family. So in Maisyan village, this is 20 minutes from Gyumri, they lived in a metal gas tank. That's probably what you saw. Um, the circular one. The circular the round one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay. this was one of the most unsafe homes that we've ever been in. This is not just a container. It's an actual gas tank that held gas. And you can only imagine the fumes, the chemicals that are so harsh to breathe. Is that the same tank that we see here uh, transporting gas? Gasoline to gas stations? Perhaps, but it's yeah. very rusted. It's old and, uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. How the hell did they get... I mean, how do you... How do you create an opening to get in? It basically, they basically sawed it open in order to... I guess so, these. yeah. I mean, to, to live anywhere that they could. And, you know, it was uh, on a farm. So there is... Because the mother, um, basically her day job was to take care of cows and farm animals. That's how she made money. So it was on a farmland. So we literally went into this container, and I'm not even kidding... You cannot sit still from how many flies were in that container. All over the place, all over you. And they're just sitting there, used to it. They're not even moving an inch. They're so used to flies being all over them. We were, like, going crazy at how they were handling it. When, when we finished that day and we were wearing pants, we had bug bites all over us, all, all over our legs, and we were wearing jeans. Huge ones, red, itchy, unbelievable. So this gas tank, of course, like any other container, no bathroom, no shower, nothing. Um, but horrific conditions with the flies and, and, and everything they had to deal with. So this was a single mother, uh, had a uh, typical alcoholic abusive husband that abandoned them and uh, three beautiful kids, two daughters and a son. So she worked her day job of hurting the animals and she couldn't afford to take care of her kids and couldn't provide them the conditions to live. So she put them in like a boarding school Monday through Friday. A lot of parents do this. Um, and I think it's great for parents that want to work and to make money, but, you know, can't provide the conditions that their kids can live in. So, you know, it's a, like a, like an orphanage, so to say, that Dishiroti, they can live in. Right? Dishiroti, Dishiroti, basically, yeah, yes. Exactly. Yeah. So what we did um, is, um, this was a complete surprise. So we showed up to their house, and this is after we helped them with clothes, shoes, everything. We showed up and we said, and they were so surprised to see us because they thought we had already left. We said, you know, um, every year we pick a family to spend the day with them, and you're one of the ones that we picked this, uh, this year, and they were so happy, and little did they know what was coming their way. So it was a whole day program. We started off first by going to a store, buying them a completely new set of clothes and shoes to throw away everything they had in their closet. and Because everything they have is old, small, worn out, ripped. Mm. We started off with that. And then, so these families don't know what it's like to stand under a warm shower and bathe. They don't know what that's like. So they bathe with buckets of water partially one day the top of their body, one day the lower part of their body because they don't have enough water to do it all at once. Wow. So we take them, took them to a hotel. We got them a room, and uh, my mom ha helped with this process, personally bathed each one of these kids. Um, can't even describe what the experience was. You should see the smile on these kids' faces at what it's like to stand under warm water and be cleaned head to toe. They don't know what that is, just to stand under that. So that is even such a huge blessing that we take so for granted. Um, so when they were all showered and clean and feeling like a million bucks, um, they put on their new uh, clothes and shoes, and then we set off to the next surprise. We uh, went to a hair salon, got their hair cut, 
um, got the girls' nails done, gave the mom a complete makeover. They look like completely new people. You could not recognize them. And, of course, they have no idea what that's like. And then we ended off the evening by surprising them with the new home. This was, I can't even describe in words what this felt like. They were in tears. They couldn't believe it. And this is literally, you're changing someone's life forever. You're taking them from a place that doesn't have a bathroom, doesn't have water, is infested with rats, with flies, everything, and putting them into a normal home in humane conditions where they could sleep in peace and uh, complete life transformation. So we did that for two of these families. And the family in Marduni, actually, I would like to thank Armand and his brother Arsene because of them. You had four kids and parents that have a completely new life because of you and your brother. Thank you so much, Armand and Arsene, because of your donation. We helped move that family out. Look, I, as I've told your mom, my job is easy. It's, it's a donation. <laughs> you, guys, you guys do all the legwork. If I could do that with every other company I run, <laughs> I'd do it all day long. So uh, it, no, it's truly a blessing that these families get to meet you guys because you're not just changing their life. You're ch- changing generations to come. Like you mentioned earlier, these kids don't have... They, they almost don't have an option to even uh, create any type of success. They, they, they're not going to be educated. They can't leave the country. They can't do anything. So the chances of them following the same footsteps is probably very high. Yeah. Very high. Mm-hmm. Now, you buying this home for them not only changes this immediate family, but for two, three, five generations to come, mm-hmm. they could all at least have an opportunity to, to get out of that village or wherever they're living if, the, if they choose to do so. Because now they can focus on other things rather than how do we survive? Exactly. How do we find bread to eat? Exactly. You know? Yeah. When your focus goes elsewhere, you can start creating new possibilities for yeah. your life and reaching new heights, you know? Yeah. yeah, definitely. And we did the same exact thing. So I described what we did for the Matwasyam family in the Mayasyam village. We did the same exact thing for the family in Marduni. Again, four kids, parents. They used to live in a barn. So it wasn't a gas tank, but still uh, horrific conditions. Um, and we did the same exact thing for them, the all-day uh, makeover surprise, and we ended it off with the home that we gave them because of your and your brother's donation. Um, and this is this is like a complete life transformation. You're picking them up from the dirt they used to live in, and they're, you're, you're making them feel like they're decent human beings, and now they can focus on, okay, now I can focus on uh, getting a new job. Now I can focus on how I can, you know, um, school, education, everything that I can do to help support my family. And, you know, the number one thing we spoke about this last time, guys, depression is a big, big thing among our families there. Because, you know, I don't think any one of you that has kids, I don't know what that's like, obviously, because I'm not a parent yet, but I don't think there's any greater child, there's any greater pain for a parent to watch their child go to sleep hungry. I don't think any greater pain exists. And that really affects a parent and and the level of depression and, and their, their lack of mental health, the hygiene, everything that affects, it really is a barrier to, to really rising up and, and being the best that you can be in your life. So when you take care of all that, when you heal someone of all that pain, you make them feel like they're loved, they're cared for, they're not alone, they're not neglected, that goes a really, really long way, you know? And, and, and it's kind of funny you say that because the, two nights ago I was giving my son a bath and... You know, we'll fill up the bathtub. He, he'll play with his toys for about 20, 30 minutes. And then, uh, you know, either my wife or I will rinse him down. And he loves the feeling of the water. And I was, as I was bathing him, the, your stories came to mind. And really? I'm thinking to myself, I could keep this water on forever. And my son could just laugh and enjoy his time here. There's so many kids in Armenia and other parts of the world 
that don't even have the simple luxury of just pouring water on themselves to clean themselves off. And it was, it, it saddened me a little bit, but then I didn't want to feel too privileged because it's, it's water. I mean, you know. Right. But then when you think about it, more than half the population in the world don't have access to clean water. So it's not, it's not as um, available as we think. Mm. And that's one of the questions that Alan was asking earlier is, is there a way to focus on whether it be um, through the government or through different organizations to, to be able to bring in clean water? Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is that all, at all an option for these villages? I'm sure. I'm sure. Obviously, a source would need to be created. I think the number one thing is they need to get out of these these containers that they're yeah. living in because no matter what you provide them, they're still living where they're living. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the first step to start off when you remove them from such toxic living conditions. That's already like half of the problem is already solved, you know, and everything else falls. But of course, I'm sure there are ways that we can, even if we don't move them out, we can find them clean sources of water or facilities that they they can bathe themselves in at least, you know. Yeah. Here's the thing: there are there are places in Armenia. In, in fact, even in Albovan, I remember where the the water was limited as far as with time. Like, for mm-hmm. example, from a certain time to a certain time, yeah. you had r- running water. So, what a lot of people would do is they would fill up their tubs mm-hmm. and they would basically store the water. What What's mind boggling to me is uh, majority of Yerevan you have pulpulaks running 24 hours, mm-hmm. and you have fountains running 24 hours. I mean, it's like, why don't we, they, why don't they, you know, if they could run Pulpulak's 24 hours, why can't they supply water to people? Because I think Pulpulak, what it does is it's pretty much using it the same water. It's not... I doubt it, man. I mean, you're talking about it hitting your mouth, and then some of it being backwashed, and then right. being so recirculated again? It, not true. You don't think so? No. I don't think so. I th- from what I understood was a Pulpulak, when it, when it runs into a drain, it's uh-huh. recycled, as in it's filtered out, and then it's brought back in again. I don't think so. I think so. So if that's the case, then it could go from your mouth to the recycler and then come back up. But no? then when it's fil- <laughs> when it's filtered out, what are we talking about here? <laughs> no, because, no, no, no. Look, <laughs> <laughs> think about it. Because oh, wait, those things are running twenty four hours. You could be walking in the middle I think of yet. Stop that now. They actually no. Majority <clears throat> of them, the city has gone through after the whole revolution. And they're adding the buttons to all the bulbulas. Are they? It's something new. I don't mm. know about that. Don't say no. Yeah. They're doing it slowly. We have a supposed revolution. Let's give it a shot. We all know how I feel about it. Let's not get into that. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys were there over the summer. As far as the people and, um, the, you know, how were they feeling as far as, you know, with the whole revolution that happened and everything or as what Edgar would say, the supposed revolution. I mean, was there change as far as work and stuff especially with the older families that you guys have helped in the past so of course uh, as i mentioned our help is not just a one-time thing we always monitor our families we always keep in touch with them we have so many moms that message us on a daily basis with how they're doing and we check up on them and and one important thing to remember is because we're only there a few weeks out of the year right two to three weeks in the winter and two to three weeks in the summer but our team of volunteers are working day in and day out because we have a lot of emergency cases we have families that run out of food and they're not going to wait till we go or families that 
that need medicine and so on and so forth. So we're so grateful to our team there that's ready day in and day out to help our families and provide everything that they need, even when we're not there. Uh, but as far as the whole revolution goes, I mean, these are really, really deep issues that need a lot of time, lifetimes to be solved. I mean, we can't expect that something that happened all of a sudden, that all of a sudden, you know, everything's going to be solved. That needs time. Um, I didn't he- We didn't necessarily hear anything specific from our families that there is anything worse or better happening. But I would hope, I would hope that anything that's going on would be for the betterment of our country. And I would hope that there will be more avenue for people to find jobs. And as far as the jobs go, you guys, you know, I have a lot of families that ask like, you know, there are no, there are no jobs, there are no work. There is a job for anyone that's willing to look. No matter what the job is, if you are if you are willing and able to go hunt and to go look, you will find a job that will help provide a means to bring bread to your table. And, um, you know, even though the jobs might not be um, a lot, but there are jobs available in Gumadi and any city that anyone's available uh, to go and look because that's one of the things that drives us nuts. Like if we go into a home and we see willing and able men or women that can work, that sit down and say, there's no jobs, we go nuts. We go like, have you been looking? And if they go like, yeah, I wait till they call me. We're like, no, no, no. You need to go out there and you need to look every single day until you find something. Because if your kids are starving day in and day out, there is no excuse. You need to be out there hunting. You know, sorry to say, like you said, my mom and I take a lot of time and our on our team, we take a lot of time out of our lives to be part of this mission. And if we're doing that and it's so difficult, I'm sure everyone knows how difficult it is to run a charity, to to have fundraising events. Um there's no excuse for, for anyone to not work when they're willing and able to because until we, we raise the money that we do, we go through hell and back. It, it's really difficult. So the last thing we want is for the funds to end up in the hands of a family that is just going to use and abuse it when there are other families that really can make great use of that. Yeah. I think, I think the biggest issue is uh, our culture has a, a very huge ego. And it's more of like, especially in Armenia now, because they're still in the kind of that Soviet mentality where it's like, you know, the government will eventually help, the government will eventually help, or it'll. it's more of like, okay, why should I go work for this person and have him make all this money when I could do it myself, but then they don't really do anything. It's dependency, Arno. There's a lot of dependency on our culture, unfortunately, because, you know, a lot of people, they question us. You know, one thing to, to make clear, we're not involved with the government. We're not involved in any political or religious affiliation. We're just a Christian Armenian organization. We're, help to, we're here to help all our kids. Um, but... The thing about the government is a lot of people wonder, like, why aren't they helping? The thing is, is if you think about the thousands of families that are in Armenia, each one of these families receives some kind of welfare a month. There's Toshak and there's Nabust, right? There is for disability and elderly and there is for um, living in poverty. So even though it's like, let's say, anywhere from 10 to $30 a month, if you if you multiply that by the amount of families, that's still a lot of money that's coming out of the government. Now, of course, could they do more? Anyone could do more. No question. But, you know, when anyone asks, does the government do anything? Yeah, they are. But the, the sad part is, is, you know, because the families are so dependent on that aid, that becomes an obstacle to really bettering their life. Like we've heard so many families and it broke my heart to hear this and how they can hear that they can have this mentality where they go like, let's say a job is only going to pay a little bit more than what they're getting a month. They're like, what's the use of going and working? I'm getting this sitting down. And that breaks my heart because that's literally going to backtrack generations, you know, by thinking that way. So when you see that, does it make sense for some people to not get that help from the government? You know, I think any kind of help is a great thing, but I also think there's a limit to the amount of help that a family should get where it becomes, um, it's like doing a disservice for them, where that prevents them from using their own efforts and strengths to 
to build their own lives, you know, because to some extent it's healthy and it's important where let's say if there's a disability in the family or there's no means to work, we have a lot of families that they're taking care of their disabled wife or husband or kid and there's nothing that they can do. That's it. Help in those circumstances, of course, what else are they going to do? But if there's willing and able men and women to work, there is no excuse for them not to work. Yeah, and you mean, set the best example. She said you have to set an example for your course. kids. Of Government course. aid, no matter where you're at, it's you have to look at it as like a subsidy. Mm-hmm. It's not that's not your main income and then okay, if I feel like it I'll I'll go work. It's now, more the problem is if they were to give those people the subsidies and allow them to work at the same time. They do. That, they don't, don't. They? So they how, will get cut off. So how it is is if you do like a cash job, so to say, if mm-hmm. it's not like registered mm-hmm. They won't know. But if you get registered in a legitimate job in a bank or wherever, they'll cut that off. Yeah, Yeah, but I'm assuming if it's a legitimate job, then it's not paying you 30 bucks. It's probably paying you, let's say, 400 bucks a month. Then it's worth it. Not really. I mean, 200 is considered a legitimate job in Armenia. But, okay, so let's say 200. Would you rather get paid 200 to lose $30 from the government or just. that's That's what I'm telling you. That's not the way it works. Some of these people who are receiving this money, they can only make about $80 a month if they were to go honest living. Okay? So for them, it's really not worth the difference. But usually they can find jobs that have them earn more than their subsidy, but they just don't see a use in it because they're sitting getting that money anyway, so why would they show those efforts? You know what I mean? If we were to allow them to receive that $30 and be able to go out and earn another $80... That would be better. But if you cut them away from the 30 because they're making that 80, that's that doesn't help that person. You know what, Ed? Actually, it does. You know why? You're getting out of the house. You're mentally away from where you shouldn't be as far as the container or a domic or wherever you are. You're, it's, it's 30 it's, bucks. or, or this, this epidemic is bigger than you think. I understand that. A lot that. of men in Armenia have the women go out and work and they sit at home. But here's the thing, because they're getting a service driven get, country. Get, here's right the thing: now. getting out, working, actually, you know, interacting with other people can possibly lead to other avenues. Maybe you, yes, sir. That's that's what we it all is. understand so, that. But these, for these people, that's not the way life works. But, but I mean, I agree with them. For, and I'll, I'll, for example, let's say if they're going to cut that government aid, right, the thirty, forty, whatever dollars they pay, there should be a cutoff where. Unless you're making two hundred dollars, for example, you're not gonna. We're not gonna take that away from well, you. Yeah, that's a good idea. When you well. start making over two hundred dollars, then have a system in place. Now, the way to get around it is to work cash job per se, mm-hmm. and with the new government in place, everyone, if they get caught not getting their paycheck, mm-hmm. which gets taxed, then they have more issues than the actual paycheck itself. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, you guys, our main goal in FLY is to teach our families not to depend on the government. That's that's yeah. one of our main emphasis is, is to have them depend on their own efforts and their own abilities to live with like a new sense of dignity where I'm doing something myself and I'm not depending on anyone or anything else to to make me feel like I, I can create a life for myself and my kids, you know? The families you guys choose is perfect. Like I feel like you have a perfect recipe, perfect people in place that pick the families that actually need the help. Mm-hmm. That's when you super see a single mom that actually needs that help, how, how many kids is that woman going to feed by herself? Mm-hmm. 
you know, and we need to consider that many of these moms are not as educated as, as people here, you know, and, you know, they were just, they got married very young because mm-hmm. of traditions back there. Um, they didn't have means to receive an education. Their husbands maybe didn't allow them to work and then just left them in the middle of nowhere and left. And this is something that I never was able to understand because as far as I know, like men and fathers in our Armenian culture, like they take pride in their kids and their families. And when I discovered thousands upon thousands of dads that just left their families and, and fled to another country to work and never came back or sent aid, I'm like, who are these people? Like, I never thought that we had men in our culture like this. It broke my heart. No, you, you can't know? call them men at that point. Yeah. You can't even call them a human being. I mean, how could you leave your child and wife and not even pro- provide something? Most That's of not... them start new families where they are too. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter. He, goes on, he goes to work in Russia. He's a man, any man. You're away for a whole year and all you see is some... <laughs> Whatever. Past this point. Well, remind us not to send you to Russia. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> but but what you're saying is absolutely true because it's the old saying of uh, give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day. Teach him how to fish exactly. and he can exactly. eat for a lifetime. Yeah. So that's what you guys are doing. You're not just giving them the fish because I see a lot of people asking the question of, well, is it just donations? Are you helping them find a job? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's not it's not a handout. No, like we don't we hand said. out money, yeah. by the way. That's something we don't do. That's something that would have been so much easier to do if we literally collected money and went and passed it out and had them do what they wanted with it. But the reason that we don't do that is because our main mission is to help the child. And if you provide a money a money to the families, the main reason they're going to use it for is to cover their debt because many families have debt. So what we do is we we use the funds to purchase what they need and deliver it. And uh, like you mentioned, providing the aid, providing jobs, providing housing. So it starts from short term and mm-hmm. goes all the way up to long term when we see their own progress. I have a question as yes. far as the housing. Though. Of course. Now, let's say you do have good people like Armand that help you guys with you doing the majority of the work, of course, mm-hmm. uh, this all house the that gets all the work. <laughs> Not majority. Well, I mean, the donations <laughs> help, brother. The whole, donations are... The it takes 30 seconds to write a check, <laughs> not even. <laughs> the influence well, of the check actually, is important. Well, right? you're right. It takes time to work into it. Right. It's, it's all build, building into <laughs> actually being able to do that check. I, hey, listen, man. I could, I could write a big fat check, too, but... Is that, it going to cash? That check's got to cash. <laughs> That's what I mean. So when you actually yeah. give that money and it cashes, the mm-hmm. check cash. Well, no. two out of the three have <laughs> cashed. <laughs> two out of three? Got one outstanding? <laughs> he said he's going to the bank tomorrow. Be there at 9 a.m. <laughs> Go ahead. Now, those houses, do you guys transfer over to these families or does it stay in a trust with the organization? Trust with the organization. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the reason that we do that is just, uh, first of all, to maintain fairness um, because it's like one family gets a home and the other one doesn't. It's it's more of rather than having them own it, it's part of the trust for the organization where, you know, I mean, people that ask that how long you're going to keep these families there, we really don't have a time limit. It really depends how long they need it. If they need to be there forever, then they're there forever. If they're able to um, stand back up and, you know, start life on their own and that's something else. But yeah, we, we are definitely careful to do that because that opens a whole new door of other things, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, look at it this way. God willing, that family that actually moved into that home, they get back on their feet in such a, you know, tremendous way way or positive way where they actually need to upsize. They buy something larger and all of a sudden, you know what? There's a home empty. Fly has it. Let's yeah. put another family in there. You know, guys, we dream of the day that we go to Armenia and there isn't a single family left to help. 
that would be a dream come true. We get so happy to see our families progressing and improving and seeing all the miracles that happen in their lives. When we see mothers taking such better care of themselves, when you, for the first time you see them, they were dead, and now you see them standing straight, looking great, hair and makeup, everything. Transformation, yeah. When you see that, when you see, you know, how the your efforts and your hard work, what a long way it's going, that is enough motivation and strength on its own to keep going. And um, we're so grateful for our loving community, for all their love and support, for all our donors, for anyone that has contributed to Fly in any way, because it is, of course, along with our hard work, with your support, that we've been able to help over 7,000 kids to this day. 7,000. 7,000. Wow. That's a huge number. Glory to God, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I mean, for a mother-daughter duo and, right. you know, you guys doing it, how many miles away is Armenia? Seven, eight thousand. Yeah, without yeah. the backing of a Warren Buffett. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and not only that. I mean, I mean, here's the thing: the, one of the biggest issues nowadays is trust. Yeah. I mean, you're trusting people overseas with you know donors' money. It's mm-hmm. like, listen, we're wiring you this money. This is what you have to do until you know winter time or summertime when we get out there and we continue our project. I mean. There, there might be people out there who will scam you guys. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you guys have built such a great organization and have such caring people, you know, helping beside you guys that there's, there isn't even a doubt. in There shouldn't be a doubt in anybody's mind that your money is not going in the, you know, it's, it's actually going to a right place. Mm-hmm. It's going into families' lives and it's actually changing their lives towards the positive. And it's with witnessing that change and transformation that people you, can yeah. truly believe that. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I could, again, I can't I can't look at those photos, but <laughs> you guys, if you have the heart for it, go in there. Well, we don't only post sad footage. We post a lot of no, it. No, 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 yeah. you do. I, I'm, here's the, even the happy ones, you see it, and then it's like these, this happiness and this joy that comes upon you. You're still like, why couldn't this happen sooner? Or, you know, it's just, I don't know. Or why I, did they have to live this way in the why first did place? They, yeah. wait, exactly. That's yeah. what it is. And, you know, you see tears of happiness in their eyes and you see the smiles on the kids' faces. It still it still breaks my heart. I don't know why. I just, it, yeah. I, got a, I got a soft spot for if kids. If you can watch one of those videos without tearing up, just it's very human. tough. Are you guys going to play those at the gala? We are. We are, yes. So <laughs> talking about the gala, that's coming up on gala. December 15th, Sunday. That's the biggest fundraising event that we have in the year. It's basically a formal dinner reception. We have celebrity entertainment, and it's a great chance for people to come and find out all about Fly's humanitarian work this past year. Um, I know you guys are coming, and we're so grateful and happy that you guys will be with us. Um, to can come out so you can meet the wise nuts. Yeah, there we, <laughs> there we go. That's incentive. Yeah. Stop bothering us at the stores. You can already, get Edgar's you know? picture and autograph. Me, me, no, me. I, 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 my autograph is too valuable. <laughs> Why Edgar's? Edgar still doesn't have an autograph. <laughs> We're gonna. You still have that childish signature. You just I print your name. Say one, e I. And then I put a big line through it. I swish. Yeah. And for people to know about tickets, tickets are one fifty. They're all a donation. They include, of course, unlimited food and alcohol, which is, of course, all Armenians love. And um, of course, um, the entire proceeds of the gala go to, of course helping these kids and these families and uh, to provide everything that we do and to keep the mission going. But besides doing all the uh, mission work that we do, one of the biggest uh, purposes of this gala coming up and one of our biggest upcoming projects is our Fly Center. We talked about this last time. It definitely is, um, you know, close and coming up. Um, 
basically what this fly center is, it's going to be a center that we create that's going to have three different divisions. Um, one is going to be for the children, of course, um, to come after school. It's like an after school program to eat a warm meal, to bathe, and to receive tutoring for all these subjects that they need aid in. So typically in Armenia, what we've seen and heard, most kids that don't have outside help like tutoring, most of them are not ready to go on to college. So most of them don't. And then that already starts the domino of poverty. So our center, that's going to be one of the biggest departments. And then the second part is going to be to have a um, division for the mothers to come and learn skills, to get uh, take classes, to give them the resources they need to uh, learn new uh, things to have jobs. Like and basically, a vocational school in a sense. Yeah, like to, to learn new skills to basically have like real jobs. Yeah. And then the third department is going to be like an employment center where we connect them to jobs out there. Wow. So it's going to be a full running and going center, God willing, and it's going to be, uh, it's going to uh, start building next year, 2020. So uh, that's going to be um, the biggest upcoming project and one of the biggest purposes of the funds for this gala. You see, mom and, mom and daughter aren't only angels. <laughs> But they're social workers as well, right? <laughs> Thank you. I mean, All this is both. this is something that not everybody does, guys. You donate to, and again, I'm not bashing any other charity event, any charities or uh, any other organizations. You give them the money, they take the money, they put it in an envelope, they hand it to the family, and they say, you know what, I did a good deed. You did, absolutely right. But again, they're going 10 steps, 20 steps, 100 steps ahead. They're helping these families with their future. You're talking about, you know, helping kids bathe. You're talking about helping moms get back on their feet. You're helping uh, families get jobs. I mean, who, not everybody has the time to do something like this. But you know what? These ladies are going above and beyond. Thank you so well, much. They're, Thank they're, you. Yeah, they're changing the, uh, the generations to come in a sense because money can only go so far. And, and it does make people lazy. Even that, like we said, the $30, whatever it is from the government mm-hmm. could make a lot of them lazy. So... The fact that you hold them accountable, you hold their feet to the fire, um, is truly, I think, what separates you guys from a lot of the other organizations is that um, there's accountability. There is. It's not, definitely. it's not just, like you said, about handing out money. I think that comes with size. I mean, there's other good organizations. When there's smaller organizations, family-oriented organizations. Yeah. It can be more personable, more, more up personable, close and personal, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's who you should. I feel like that's who you should trust in a sense. Yeah, of course, when, when charities get big to the extent that they're all over the world and they have, you know, obviously can't stay only volunteer, they have to hire people, that's something else. I feel like every charity and organization has their own calling and has their own mission. And all due respect to everybody, props to anyone that's doing any humanitarian work out there. And I pray and I hope that there's a thousand organizations like fly out there because obviously we can't get to everyone and there's many people out there that need help and whatever good that we can do you know that that's all that matters any plans about anything outside of armenia because i know right now syria is in Syria has gotten better, thank God, uh, you know, compared to when we began when the war broke out. But of course, unfortunately, every now and then you hear something on the news that a bomb went off in, in some place and a lot of people died in another place. So Syria work has is definitely in comparison to Armenia. It's it's not as uh, um, intense because obviously what's so crazy and this was mind boggling to know that a country that had so many years of war was doing better off than Armenia, you know, for years and years, we would look for kids in Syria, uh, Armenian kids that are hungry, and we couldn't even find one. 
And in Armenia, you see thousands of them, you know. Um, but as far as Syria, we are continuing projects like as far as providing food, uh, school supplies, clothes, more educational things for our kids that whose families are still recovering from the war, whose uh, kids that lost their families, things like that. But as far as outside Armenia, definitely, I mean, our mission statement is transforming the lives of orphans and children in need worldwide. So we're not just for Armenia or Syria. We started there because we saw a dire need. But God willing, when we're uh, we see that you know we've we've served those two countries and we've served our purpose, we're for the whole world, be it Africa. Wherever it is that our kids need help. Beautiful. Armand had a question. Um, says our genius about um, what percentage of the families that you actually place into jobs, mm-hmm. whether women, men, um, actually end up maintaining those jobs. Like staying in them? Staying rather in them than when, like regressing? Yeah, when you're following up with them, let's say months or years to come, are a majority of them staying at those jobs or even progressing to better paying jobs or? Mm-hmm. Are they digressing by Definitely. quitting? Definitely. I mean, and- as far as what I've seen, we have not seen a single family regress once they're in a job because by that point, when you're when you're already strong enough and able to you know bring bread to the table and you you find that strength, then you very difficult to regress from that. But we've seen families, let's say that you know uh, we provided aid and they didn't progress like they gave us their word, then we stop helping that family. There's no question about that because that's the deal in the beginning that if we're going to help you, you got to help us. Uh, but as far as families that we've helped place in jobs we've seen miracles happen like we've had many moms that started coming up with opening their own business like opening their own bakeries like we've had a lot of moms that we bought them an oven they bake bread they start selling it and they pass it out to other homeless people other hungry people so you're starting a chain and a domino effect of kindness and you see so many children and moms like as impoverished as they are they look at you and they say you know you're so inspiring by the work that you're doing and I really want to join you and we've had so many kids that you know we started off when they were young and now they're older and they've joined and our team there they're volunteers with us now so we're seeing these kids grow you know it's a beautiful beautiful thing and you know a plan is hopefully one day at our gala we'll have one of our kids come and yeah. give their own testimony of that'd what's be beautiful yeah be you're creating a uh, I mean now you have a family of 7,000 whether you know it or not Literally. If, you, if you've helped 7,000 kids you have 7,000 siblings you have yeah, yeah exactly have <laughs> and I'm an only child so that's that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> Huge difference. I of can course. barely handle two siblings. <laughs> yeah, seven thousand. I only have one sibling, and it's... <laughs> I wish I had more. Actually, you a, you're a lonely child. No, no he has one, one sibling. sibling. Oh, I thought you said sister. I have no oh, siblings. Oh. Okay, I have a sister, and that's it. I was gonna say I thought you did, yeah. but yeah. I think when somebody actually earns their money, they realize the value the money actually mm-hmm. holds. Mm-hmm. When it's free and it's just there, it's Given like okay, to, you know yeah. what? Uh, let me go put it on black. Let me see what happens. You know? it's, it's just a gamble with it. But uh, 100%. When you actually earn it, then you actually realize, okay, this is, I worked for this. We have to put this towards something good. And to add on to what Edgar said earlier about how, you know, uh, you see the youth here and, and you really want them to see what's out there, that's like a dream come true for every single person in our in our culture and anybody in general, especially our youth, to go out there and to at least once in their life witness what other children live like and what their lives are like because until you do that I really don't think you'll have a good grasp of your blessings and and your privileges and gratitude as a whole and I feel like that's one of the biggest components of happiness you know I mean here in LA how many Armenian families do we have is it half a million or what is it I wouldn't be surprised a lot yeah I'm, I'm not sure of the number, but let's say if it was half a million dollars. I mean, half, <laughs> half a million. 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 Half a million
Everything is not in dollars. Sorry, Baba. It's, it's Monday. It's end of the month. I'm calculating payroll. And, <laughs> and the holidays are around the corner. <laughs> holidays are it's Black Friday. It's Black Friday. Oh, my God. No, okay, Black Friday. How much money are these? Half a million people going to What are you talking spend? about, bro? There's going to be people killing each other for a TV at Walmart. <laughs> that right they after, don't need, right? Right after being thankful. Yeah, <laughs> right after being thankful. yeah they're going to buy a $300 TV for 250 or two whatever. And, and somebody's going to die in the process. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, honestly, it's the amount, the number of toys we buy our kids and, you know, they play for 30 seconds and then put it away. And, I mean, it just, if, if all these people, even a $50 donation with half a million people, you're talking about... Mm-hmm. So. Do the math. <laughs> a lot. Me, 25 million? A lot. I didn't even listen to the numbers you said. Half a million people <laughs> times $50, that's $25 million. million dollars. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Arman, years back, about 10 years ago, I was telling someone, as Armenians, because of the DNA we have, per person, $2 a month, monthly tax. Call it a tax. Yeah, Armenian tax. Armenian tax. Well, if you don't pay... And the only thing downsized to not paying, and you're able to, of course, I'm not saying the poor people that don't have enough to live, they have to pay that. But everyone else, if you're in on this planet and you're Armenian, right. you pay $2 a month. So that, let's, let's say 5 million people can do that. That's that'd be great. $10 million, $10 million a month. A month. Wow. That would be... Two years later, your whole plan mm-hmm. would be finished. You hear the, that, ladies? Don't get your caramel frappuccino crap in the morning. <laughs> Dollars a Once, month. One day your, a month. Your crappuccino. Crappuccino. <laughs> because I understand. The reason I said that, I mean, we do have yeah. business owners. A lot of Armenians in LA own businesses. Yeah. Not all of them do. But majority of people, Armenians, if they can't help with a lot, they tend to not help with a little. Yeah, yeah. it's like all yeah. or nothing kind yeah. of. Yes, uh, and I, that's 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 kind of, exactly that's the point I'm trying to get across right now is, it doesn't have to be thousand five hundred, just fifty bucks, exactly. ten bucks. I mean, even even if it's not fifty, Armand, like if you go every month paying five, yeah. even five a month, if that means you can do sixty dollars a, m- a year. Yes, just one time sixty dollars a year, yeah. that's five dollars a month. And I could, if I could do that for kids in India, I'd definitely be doing that for kids in Armenia. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Thanksgiving's right around the corner. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, reach into your pockets and go to our link, click on the donate button. Five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, whatever it is, don't be, go, donate anonymously. We don't need to see who you are. Yeah, nobody, nobody wants. Nobody, to see nobody's your name judging anymore. anybody. Yeah. Don't get your crappuccino and give us. Then <laughs> donate. It's as simple as Make that. Make instant oh, coffee one yeah. day of the month. Don't have your coffee one day of the month. Stay home that Seriously, day. Seriously, it's not like you need coffee every day. <laughs> there you, exactly. Uh, That's a challenge, bro. A- anything you guys wanted to add on before I pitch the gala one more, before we call yes. it a show? Anything we else? Are gonna, no, we are gonna have. Uh, uh, DJ Heartbeat with us for a couple Heartbeat, hours. you want to step in? Come on, buddy. <laughs> you should join us, please. He's camera shy. He's, He's cam- camera shy. Camera shy. <laughs> uh, the gala will be, it's it's Sunday, December 15, 2019, this year, basically. Uh, 5 p.m. It start, 5 p.m. what? Is it 5 p.m. Uh, Armenian time or 5 no, p.m.? No, no, we're on time. 5, 5 p.m. 5 p.m. it starts? At, at Palladio. At Palladio. Again, um, 
We encourage everyone to be with us. For tickets, you guys, you can visit our website, fly.care. You basically click on gala tickets and you can purchase however many you would like. Or you can contact us, sending us a message or an email, and we can deliver them to you in person. Again, $150 a ticket, all a donation. Um, all the proceeds go to helping our kids living in severe poverty in Armenia and Syria will we'll go a very long way. And, of course, um, formal dinner. We have entertainment. We'll have a great time together. We'll celebrate all of Fly's accomplishments, and it'll be a great place for you to come and witness what Fly's done. And I always say, you guys, for anyone that comes to these events, I know that it'll be your first time. Your lives will never be the same. You will oh, leave that room feeling so moved, so touched, so inspired that your whole perspective on life will change. And you will be grateful for everything. Just like how Armand, um, when he was bathing his son, had that had that thought. Every little thing in your life will be such a huge blessing. I just hope you guys don't get offended if I can't look at the screen and I turn away. You could sit on my I lap when they're man. showing the video. I'll, I'll hold you. Don't hugs. Worry. Free hugs for Arnold. <laughs> he has a soft lap. I know. It's going to be nice. And... How many times have you been in his lap? How many times have you been in his lap? Twice. Twice. He's going to make me say things. So is the DJ going to be... Mr. Heartbeat himself? Be. No, what? no, no, he won't be. He'll be. No, he won't be. He'll be with us, but we'll obviously have our DJ Entertainment. And one last thing I want to remind everybody for whoever is on Facebook and Instagram, please follow our page. On Instagram, it's Freedom Loving Youth Dash Fly. And on, um, excuse me, Freedom Loving Youth with periods in the middle. And then in uh, on Facebook, it's Freedom Loving Youth Dash Fly. Follow us so you can see all of our projects, stay up to date, and you will really be inspired by what you see. So I definitely encourage you guys to follow us. And, you know, you guys, even like they said, no matter how small, or how big the donation it will go a long way but even if you can't donate something as simple as following us as sharing you know our footage spreading the word that goes a long way yeah, because yeah. you never know who you can touch and December 15 people yes. save the day and believe me when you share it uh, the other day I shared the uh, what was it, a couple weeks ago when you guys shared the video mm-hmm. I also shared it on my page the moving out video yes yeah. and I get a text from uh, somebody that I know she's uh, she's a law professor and um she also works with a lot of nonprofits where she's on the board of these nonprofits who raise money for other nonprofits. So, you know, every time, and I, and I had to put it in my comments, listen, this post is not to toot my own horn. It's just to share with you guys what you can, um, mm-hmm. kind of who you can help with some donations. So she texts me from that. She says, your post made me cry, and I'm going to bring up this organization with... Um, with the big donors that I have mm-hmm. who who we raise money for other organizations to see if we can plug fly into our group of uh nonprofits that That's we raise awesome. money for. Wonderful. So if I didn't post that exactly she would have never known about mm-hmm. fly. You never know who you and, can touch. Yeah, and if they hadn't posted a couple of years back or I forget how even I mean who posted and how I found it's it's one, you know, word gets around through social media these days. So. Yeah, one of my coworkers today was saying, you know, who's going to be on the show today? I said it's going to be Fly. He's yeah. like, oh, it's Fly. I was like, you know, they they're helping orphans and ki- children in Armenia, yeah. and families in Armenia. He goes, oh, how can I donate to them? I was like, you know, go to their Facebook page, go to their Instagram, go to their website. Everything is there. I'm like, in fact, they're having a gala uh, at Palladio. I'm like, it's 150 bucks a ticket, man. I'm like, and all proceeds are going towards the kids. He was like, all right, he's like, give me more information about it. I want to, I want to know more about it. It's essentially by spreading the word and by yeah. sharing. Yeah, it, word of know, mouth. Word definitely. of mouth. Definitely. It's very important. How you doing, Heartbeat? I'm always good, brother. Thank you. His heartbeat's <laughs> always, <laughs> always pounding like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and you're basically, you're, you're part of the organization as well. The husband, yes. uh, 
I'm, I, I know. I, I'm the silent partner. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Be, besides Kosiani and the DJ, you got you got this as well. I mean, honestly, I'm blessed to have a beautiful wife and angel daughter. Oh, you make me running push. this whole show together. And uh, by the way, did anybody donate or not? We're gonna go. We're gonna go back and we're, we're okay, gonna. I'm gonna start with a hundred dollars <laughs> just to see my daughter oh. in front of the microphone. There you go. Okay. There you Come go. on, guys, move your. Louis Vuitton wallets, open it up. Even if it's Louis Vuitton, it's okay. Louis Vuitton, it's going to a good cause. Yeah, good cause. I mean, instead of spending tomorrow morning, where I love that. I love that word. It's the best word. Look, anybody that's going to spend five bucks tomorrow on a crappuccino, come to my office. I'll give you a free Nespresso. Nespresso was amazing. You're going to have a line out of here. It's not even by espresso, the way, people. It's by the way, espresso. I had a deal with uh, Wise Nut that wearing the hat was ah. going to compensate me for half a million. <laughs> I didn't see anything. <laughs> they gave me this freaking scotch. <laughs> well, that's, that's one of the checks that didn't clear. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. Yeah, Thank course. you, Edgar John. You're welcome. Oh my God. Of course. I mean, by the way, it was my first time meeting Edgar. A pleasure, he, pleasure. Mm. And Always he said, he said, I look sexier live than <laughs> than on Facebook. Then on Facebook. <laughs> but but his comments are the same exact as they are on Facebook. No difference there. No difference, right? And that's what I wanted to see if there is a difference. And this guy's an honest guy yes. on Facebook and I'm, honest guy in person. I'm very transparent. Where? That's politically correct. <laughs> by the that's way, I love you your hat. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, we, we, we love your hat. I love your hat. On, yeah. uh, that's an amazing oh hat. God. Well, we know who he's voting for in 2020. Oh my god! Now the question I had for you. Okay, before we conclude, you got like seven minutes. Yes. Make sure December 15th you be there at Palladio. Uh, as the past five years, this is our fifth, right? This is our fifth gala. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's going to be amazing gala. Uh, there's no single moment that, like, you see my tears? <laughs> it's going to be like that. I mean, everybody's going to start crying because everything is so real. There's nothing hiding. There's no, you know, and we have a humongous LED screen. <laughs> it shows everything. You mean it's going to show your face? <laughs> <laughs> Happy Your tears. It's, it's always happy tears. Of course. It's always We're happy not going to come make people sob. <laughs> but <laughs> no, no sad tears. A lot, a lot of happy, happy tears. tears. A lot of happy tears. Well, make yes. sure you be there. It's an amazing cause, amazing organization. Even I'm involved in there. So, <laughs> so it's 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 great cause. One yeah. thing I want to do is thank uh, not only my mom, who's the founder, which we have to at least get her face on here, let people see you. Well, she's you. getting there. She's getting come there. Come on. Come on, oh, founder. What, what is this? A family <laughs> reunion? Sorry, founder. We have this, yeah. the, the entire Sommelian family is here. <laughs> now we need to get you on the mic, too. <laughs> no, Oscar, my question Oh, here you go. How does it... I have two daughters. Okay. You have a beautiful daughter. Now that you see her out and dating how does that feel i mean uh, there's a there's a <laughs> he's not sitting there don't worry there's a post oh, i posted oh my God. 
I posted like several months ago. It's a beautiful T-shirt oh with, with ten rules for oh. dating rules. my daughter. Oh my so I like number was, ten one. It says whatever you, whatever you do to her, I'll do to you. <laughs> it says whatever do you do to her, I do to you. So Kirk, I'm watching you. <laughs> and Kirk is right here, people. <laughs> Kirk Garibian was here the whole time. That's why I, I love asked you, that question. Oh, gosh. Savalian <laughs> family, you guys are doing an amazing thing. Thank Keep you. it up. Uh, this is, is going to be our first gala. Yes. And for sure, it's not going to be the last one. Of Keep course. doing what you're doing. We love and we support every single Thank you. thing that you guys Thank do you. Thank for you. the children and the families in Armenia. Thank you you so guys much. have the biggest heart of gold. Mm-hmm. And that's why especially... This guy next to me. Uh, he's a teddy bear. Oh, yeah. he's, my, he's my teddy bear. <laughs> he hugs. called me soft. Come on, man. <laughs> You're a soft teddy his bear. Hugs, his hugs are really nice. Oh, he's the best hugs. I love you. Uh, I want to thank you guys so much for guys. giving us this opportunity the second time to be here and share our mission for all your time, your love, and your care and all the donations that you've made. I want to thank our fly angel here if it wasn't for her mission her dream then none of this would have existed i want to thank my dad for his support and his love even though this wasn't his beginning dream he joined it full force without any hesitation without any complaint so thank you dad for always standing by our side and everybody that's watching everyone that supported our cause thank you so much let's continue working hand in hand and create a better world for our kids don't forget donate Push yes. that donate. Guys, <laughs> Thanksgiving is Thursday. Yes. Be thankful. Donate. Donate. <laughs> and uh, let's call it a show. Let's call it a night. Awesome. Thank you guys awesome. again Thank so much so for much. coming Thank by. You. We're going to see you. you guys at the gala for sure. Um, December 15th at Palladio. Yes, December okay. 15th, 5 p.m., not Armenian time. Nice. Not sorry. Armenian time. Be there at 5 p.m., people. <laughs> uh, December 15th, Palladio, Flies Gala. Uh, that being said, happy Thanksgiving, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Stuff your faces with turkey, pie, yes. whatever it is. And cappuccino. And cappuccinos. <laughs> and don't forget to set back your uh, scales. Yes. Oh, my God. And then, and then hit the gym the next day to burn it all off. There we go. We'll see you guys next Thank Monday. You so much. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. Peace out. Thank you guys. Thank you. That, my part was easy. Yeah, See?